Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. back here on Inside Black and Gold, and we're going to dive into the mailbag. We haven't done this in a while. I'm looking forward to it. One of my favorite segments that we do, you know, in the offseason, things get weird, things get wonky, but we're, 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 we're muddling through. Give us stars, <laughs> plural. Um, <laughs> I'm Jeff Nowak alongside Steve Geller. You can follow me on Twitter at Jeff underscore Nowak. Follow Steve at Steve Geller, WWL. And if you haven't subscribed, why not do it? First comment, first question out of the mailbag is more like a comment. It's from Swack Fan. He says, I don't want Sean Payton anywhere in the NFC. I've never understood this. This idea that if he's not in the NFC, they're better off. It, it, it's it's the same thing that you see like when the Packers are talking about trading Aaron Rodgers. They're like, oh, we want to trade him out of the NFC. Does that really benefit you? Like, I can understand not trading within your own division, but how yeah. often do you actually play like the NFC West, right? Like, you're really worried about playing him like once every four years, and maybe they'll occasionally give you another matchup. Like, and then if you're if you're talking about the playoffs, like, wouldn't it be worse to lose to that guy in the Super Bowl than it would be to lose in like the NFC Championship or the divisional round? Or you could win, and then it, all of a sudden you're the winner in that. Like, I don't. I don't see how how that actually benefits you. For me personally, I'm not even worried about the conference, but I just don't want – I was not on board with Peyton going to the Panthers. Like I said, don't want to see him twice a year, every year. Yeah, And right. To, to me, that, that would be a problem. But, yeah, if you're going to start looking at the entire NFC, I'm, I guess you could say you look at the – maybe like a team like the Eagles or the Bears since you play them, it seems so often, but – I don't know. Yeah, that wouldn't really concern me too much either. I'm just trying to get, especially at this point, with the market seeming to fizzle right now, just some kind of draft compensation for this year. Please, I I, I want the Saints in the first round. Yeah, like like I, I, I can understand that. Like, yeah, okay, we don't want to send him somewhere where he's going to be in our building once a season, and we're going to have to go visit him once a season. That yeah. makes sense to me. I can understand that. But, like, yeah, it's like, oh, we would never want to trade him to, like, you know, the, the Cardinals, like, would that no. really, like, you know, how often do you play the Cardinals? I, I don't see. And it's like at the expense of 
slashing your potential suitors, like the potential bidding market in half. Like that's the cost. And that's why like the like the Packers don't want to trade Aaron Rodgers within the NFC. And I'm like, so if this team showed up and gave you the best offer, you'd be like, no, we're going to have to play you once every four years. That's not worth it. To, I'd like, get, well, we, we might have to play him in the NFC championship. It's like, what, 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 then don't trade him at all. Like if, if that's your, if, like, I don't, it doesn't make sense. That, anyway, I, I, I've always found that dumb. Yeah, that definitely something that I don't think would be in consideration either just because you want that compensation for wherever it's coming from and you're, you're going to yeah. have to play the you're going to have to play all these teams eventually obviously whatever yeah like if, if they're trading enough if they give you the best offer then it's like is that a bad thing here's chris p says how a one star i think you guys do a good job this is why i listen thanks chris i think i i i think we do a decent job too and uh yeah that's why i get that's why i get annoyed I'm not, I'm not going to name drop him because he doesn't have a real name. So I can't Mr. One star Pete Carmichael hater. <laughs> anyway, thanks Chris. I appreciate Pete. that. This is a uh, Mike Marchies. Peyton is coming back to Nola dot, 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 dot. Watch exclamation point. It's How not. long do we have to watch for? Yeah. Well, and, and like, I get why people, this is an attractive idea for people. And, you know, and I think, I went through the the whole like, oh, what if he brings Tom Brady? Would that change the equation? But I and but I think like Nick Underhill says this a lot. It's like I don't think that's how it works when you quit your job. You're just like, right? You know, well, yeah. no one else wants to hire me. You mind if I come back? <laughs> like, go quit your job and see and see if and see if that's how it works. The biggest thing I do feel though in all of this for Sean is the fact that he's never gonna find that same scenario that same feeling in the saints building anywhere else that whatever was special unchecked authority that, whatever you want to say between him being able to do you know his free reign and the fact that yeah he was so trusted with things yeah that's not going to be the case everywhere yeah you're not going to get unchecked authority everywhere you go it's just a fact of life but at the same time like it's like no that bridge is gone like you're not you know, you're not doing it again I, yeah, I, I don't see it, especially not this season. Like, if you think that Sean's coming back this year, you're out of your mind. He's either getting a job and getting traded somewhere or he's going back to Fox. Like, he's not going back unless, to the Saints. Like, they're not the going to suddenly do, fire Dennis Allen. Unless the Saints get Lamar Jackson and then maybe Sean comes back too. Well, maybe he might want to. But again, <laughs> there's two sides in this equation. And if you think that 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 the Saints front office and, like, ownership was, like, very, very super understanding of him walking out the door and leaving them high and dry. Like they, they may have said that and they may have like put on the right face. Like, no, that, that pissed some people off. Right. Like that wasn't convenient for anybody. Um, it pissed off a lot of fans. And, yeah. No, I, I, don't, I don't see it. It's like, Oh, now you don't have the franchise quarterback and now you're, you're out of here instead of trying to, you know, bring in a new guy and develop one, which he never did. Yeah. Obviously. Well, so, you know, this is funny. We did talk about all like the, the quarterback kind of coats on the wall for Sean. One that yeah. we didn't mention, which is which should be mentioned as it pertains to Sean, is Tony Romo. Just because while he was there in Dallas before before coming to New Orleans? Yeah. yeah. Like he, he, he was Tony Romo's coach. And he fair. wanted, like Sean wanted Tony Romo to be his quarterback on the Saints, but the Cowboys wouldn't trade him. So like in fairness to Sean as I go through his list of Garrett Grayson's and Ian books and Luke McCown's and whatever. 
it is only fair to include Tony Romo in that list. And someone on YouTube pointed that out. So I think it is fair. Like we should mention, like he did mold Tony Romo and he was a very, very good quarterback for a long time. So I'll give him credit there. Well deserved. I see on that one, but man, he's got a bunch of misses after that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the only one <laughs> that I'm going to add. I'm not adding anybody else. I'll give him what Drew Henson, right? Like, no, the keeping it real. Who that sports podcast. Has anyone thought about this? Maybe Sean Payton is a very bad interviewer. Maybe he is turning teams off in the process. It's a fair question. I don't like, buy it. One Sean bit. hasn't had to interview for a job in a long time. Maybe he doesn't do it well. Like that's a reasonable question. I, I don't think that's a, that's that's out of the equation here, because you know, not getting a second interview places would indicate that they are not falling in love with you as a coaching candidate. And I mean, I'm not saying like he's like going in there and like you know, tearing all the posters off the walls and, you know, put his feet up on the desk. But I'm um, like, he, he he had basically the run of the show in New Orleans. And that right. might not, like the way he wants to go about his job I might that, not right. match what these teams are looking for in a head coach. And whether they're right or not, right? Like some these teams aren't exactly this paragon of success either. They all fired their coach. So they don't necessarily know what they're talking about in that respect. But I do think that it's a fair question to ask. Uh, to me, I, I can't imagine Sean being a bad interviewer just because his smarts, his know-how of the game, and just his overall attitude is going to come through. And he's one of those dudes that people want to be around and has that, quote-unquote, I guess you would say, charm about him that I think he's able to win over pretty much the room all the time. Then where's the job offers? That's all I have to say. I th I think it's the big compensation because you have to give up so so much of an allotment of draft picks and making him possibly the highest paid head coach in the NFL. It's like a double whammy back to back. The Denver situation really, you know, when you think about it more and more after what they had to give up to get Russell and now you're going to have to give up another boatload to get Sean. It just it seems like you're crippling the organization too much than helping it. Possible. Murtis has a more conspiratorial take, which okay. is Murtis Lockett here says maybe Peyton is tanking his interviews on purpose. Kind of like when they interviewed coaches last year and they promoted Dennis Allen. I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't think he's tanking interviews. If he's tanking interviews, he, I, like I said, I don't know. Maybe he is tanking interviews, but I don't think he's intentionally tanking interviews if he's tanking interviews. Oh, you mean like the Colts lost the Super Bowl because of the Katrina and the Saints? I don't know. I don't know what you're referencing. I mean, they no, did lose like, the Super Bowl. No, it was one of those things. Oh, and they lost it because, you know, to give the Saints the victory. Right. It's possible. Here's keeping it real again. So Shahid was not very impressive at either punt return or kickoff return. Hardy is better. I know special teams units stunk. I mean, Hardy, like Deontay hasn't had a good kick return season since 2020. It's that was his Pro Bowl year, right? No, that was 2019. No? Okay. 2020 was the COVID year. And he was solid, but he was hurt a lot of the season. He had a good return season, but he missed a lot of games. 2021, he was bad. 2022, he was bad. Now, what Deontay always did very well that went under appreciated was he was really good at getting upfield and just going headfirst into traffic and fielding kicks where if you didn't get to them, they're going to bounce and roll 10, 15, 20 yards. He's going to fair catch them and they're not going to go anywhere, but just fielding them at all is saving you yardage. 
And I think that's something where that's something that Rashid didn't do particularly well this year. But as a rookie, you know, you don't want to be muffing punts and he didn't muff any punts. So in that respect, I'm okay with it. Like in the return game, so much of being successful is not making mistakes. And he didn't make any major mistakes. He made one in his first game as the returner. I can't remember which game this was, but he let the ball bounce and it went like 30 yards. Might've been the Bengals. And like, that was the only real bad mistake he made, I think in the return yeah, game, did. but he, he was solid. Like two, he had two or I think two games. It was where he got tripped up by the turf. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he didn't break any plays. Like he didn't make any game breaking plays on the, in the return game, but he also didn't make any mistakes. And so that's where I'm okay with it. Like I'm okay with special teams being neutral, right? You can't lose you games. Would it have been better if you had you had some more you know big plays in that regard? Yes, but I don't think he was. I don't think he he was bad. Again, I like his profile in the offense a lot better than I like him as a dedicated returner. So I'm okay with them, you know, kind of farming that out a little bit and maybe bringing in someone like a Trey Palmer who is more of a burner and is just there to just do that. Um, but I don't think you're gonna you're gonna pay uh, Deontay. I think like that situation got awkward, um, and I don't I don't think you're going to bring him back. Uh, and I'll, I'll just say for Shahid, I don't I don't have a problem with him on special teams and the punter kickoff return either. In fact, I, I look forward to seeing more of that in year two to see how much he he can grow. Obviously, and you know, just one of those guys you feel can break one at any second. There's one more here. Jeff Island and the Saints seem to love Will Levis of Kentucky. Uh, they like the offense he ran. I like. I, I agree. I think they they would love Will Levis, but I don't think they're going to have a pick to go get him. He's going to be. I think if he got to the middle of the first round, that would be a disappointment for him because I think he's a top ten candidate uh, if he yeah, if he, he shows he off. Well, I mean, for him, it's going to come down to how he performs in. For example, the Senior Bowl. He is the top quarterback prospect at the Senior Bowl. So that's going to be his first kind of showcase uh, situation, right? If he goes out there and he stinks, then maybe the Saints will have a shot at him because maybe he does drop into the second round. But I think it's more likely that he goes out there and he shows off the talent that, you know, Kentucky's tough because it's not a quarterback paradise. So, you know, it's kind of like Daniel Jones at Duke where it's like you kind of have to look past the fact that the offense stunk around him and just kind of look at the skills, but yeah. Uh, but I don't disagree I mean, with this. I do think the Saints like Will Levis. Sure, I just definitely don't think it's going to be a scenario, obviously, where he's even close to being around when they would have a pick or even could get even get into a pick. Even with number 12, you could get from Houston, say, from for Sean Payton, Levis ain't going to be around. I think he could be. And if you are at 12 then you would have the ammunition the range. to potentially you, right. go up a few picks, right? Like you could be the Chiefs going to get Pat Mahomes. I'm not comparing Will Levis to Pat Mahomes. I'm just comparing the situation, the situation where the right. Saints were at 11 and the Chiefs traded it up to 10 and took Pat Mahomes. So like that's the situation you could be in. But I don't think that's going to happen either. And, and we can go back to this uh, over and over again for the same reason – I mean, the only way you're getting the 12 from the Texans is if there's someone else there that's like forcing you to give up the 12. 
right? Like if the Texans are the only game and it's like he's either going there or not, there is no incentive for them to give up a first round pick. And there's no incentive for Sean to be like, yeah, guys, definitely trade the number 12. I don't want that if I'm going to be your future coach. So like, I don't think that that's even a question at this point. Right. I was going to say, well, I I just figure obviously when they have, you know, what is it? Number two, they they would have had number one if they didn't accidentally win in week 18. What I'm saying though, you would imagine though that 12 pick would come, have to come into play for Peyton. What are the saints are just going to take a second round pick for him? I think it takes future first. Well, that's what they were going to have to do with Arizona. If that, if that deal comes about. Right. But there's a big difference to me between giving up a future first and giving up the 12 this year, especially because you're adding Sean thinking he's going to kind of raise the watermark to somewhere where you might not, you know, ideally you're not getting the 12th pick, but uh, you know, worst case scenario, you're able to get two premium picks this year and then next year kind of ends where it does. But yeah, either way, I I don't think that it's going to happen. I don't think that the market's there for him. All right. Chris D, do you think Sean will go back to Fox? I think that's going to be the only option for him, personally. I'm hoping that's not the case, obviously, because I am selfish and want draft picks so we have something to talk about when we're doing all of our draft coverage instead of a day of absolutely waiting around and doing nothing. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Well, hey, maybe if maybe, yeah, if the Saints aren't in the first round of the the problem with the Saints not having a first round pick is you still can't not like you still have to like work. Yeah, because you know that they could very easily trade into the first round. Like they're not a team that's gonna sit on their hands. So it's like you can't you can't like relax. You still have to be like waiting, you know. <laughs> That's what makes it frustrating, right? Something ama- uh, out of this world could happen where the Saints have just sent Alvin Kamara to the Titans, or well, I'm just saying, you know, for whatever for a first round draft pick, kind of, something could manufacture a pick other than obviously Sean Payton. It's not likely though, but it still could happen. Well, just just for example, like the Saints do really love Will Levis and he completely stinks at all of his workouts and all of his, you know, whatever. But they're just in love with the film and they've 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 interviewed him and they really like him. And they they as Thomas Dimitrov once said to me, they smelled the pits and they came away happy. And then he falls into like the mid first round. Are you able to get up to like 23, 24? You know, like, are you able to flip the 40? And some other assets and go get him if he's really the guy who you think he is. Uh maybe. Right. And so that's why, like, you can't 
just be like, well, they don't have a first round pick. I guess we can take the night off. Yeah. Anyway, I'm 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 looking forward to it. Chris D. Carl was playing better than Marcus Davenport. That's Carl Granderson. I wouldn't be surprised if Marcus is traded. Marcus Davenport is a free agent, so you're not trading him. But I agree that Carl was playing better than Marcus. Marcus was benched <laughs> late in the season. Like he he was playing, but he wasn't starting. Carl was starting. And so I think you are happy with what you got out of Carl. You are very disappointed in what you got out of Marcus. And the only question with Marcus is, are you able to bring him back at a rate that is like a sweetheart deal for you and is kind of a rebuild short-term contract for him where it's a kind of a win-win situation and you're going to be able to get Marcus contract year Marcus that you thought you were going to get this year, next year at a steep discount. Then I see you bringing him back. But if you're if you're talking about paying Marcus at like a competitive salary for like a middle to top end defensive end, sorry, he's he's walking. I'm like, I'm not paying that. I'm gonna guarantee that Saints fans are gonna get mad though when Marcus Davenport ends up leaving to go join Dennis Allen. I'm uh, not Dennis Allen, uh, uh Ryan Nielsen Ryan somewhere Nielsen. kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, and then gets 15 sacks and <laughs> plays 16 games. Right, amazing. Well, but that's the thing. That that's the thing with Marcus, and we've seen it, right? Like, I think Marcus's issue this year was confidence, and because it's not like he suddenly forgot how to be that game wrecking defensive end that we saw last year when he was healthy. He, I just, I, I don't know, it just wasn't clicking for him, and so like that is the frustrating thing that you probably do end up letting him walk, and maybe he does show up somewhere where he kind of can get his confidence back, and suddenly. He's this double-digit sack guy again. It would not surprise me at all. And so, yeah, but I just don't see, you know, this guy had a half a sack all freaking season. That is absurd. Peyton Turner had two. (laughs) It's almost as if the finger injury had some kind of a, a mental effect also on his game. I don't know. You think it's like a Samson situation where all of his football talent was in his pinky? And he cut it off, and it's like, oh no, uh. oh, it's gone. Some or some of the aggressiveness or something. It just he he wasn't that same beast mode kind of upfront guy this year. Yes, I think that I think we've actually gotten to the bottom of this. His football talent was in his was in his pinky, and then he cut it off, and it was all gone. I, I don't know that, but anyway. maybe also too became kind of like a self conscious thing. He was like bothered by the fact that he was. He was missing that thing. Remember, he got really when we we did talk to him during training camp. He was kind well, of he was weirded out that him. everyone took pictures of it. it. Exactly right. He's like he was kind of weirded out about the whole scenario of like, well, you guys took pictures of it and blew it up and put it all over social media. So it definitely was something that bothered him right there. Yeah. No, I'm sure. Like, like uh, what you call it? Uh, Kyle Turley went to anger management. I feel like. Marcus Davenport needs the reverse of that almost. He needs he needs to go to anger class. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, he's not a mean guy on the field, although he did punch uh, Deontay Foreman in the helmet. So, but even that was kind of a, like if you're gonna punch a guy, punch a guy. Don't give him this kind of like slap. If you're gonna earn, get an ejection, earn it. Go to go to the uh, oh, what was his name from the Bears? I'm blanking on it. Oh, the receiver the guy who punched CJ Javon Wims. Go to the That's Javon Wims school of uh, of <laughs> sucker punching. <laughs> Anyway, Chris D wants the Saints to draft Jameer Gibbs out of Alabama. He's AL 2.0. I don't know what that means. I think he might be. I think he might have 
hit the L instead of the K, they are right next to each other. <laughs> and he's saying AK 2.0. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, I would love to Saints to start drafting running backs. I hope they do, but it's just not, it's not, just not their game. Well, you think this year though they're going to have to? I don't think. Yeah, they're we can go end that on that. It's like, what do the Saints do at running back, right? And I hope so. I mean, but they don't really have a ton of picks. I know it's gonna. Yeah, it's hard to guarantee you're gonna find that guy, but they, you, you definitely. We've we, we've talked about this a bunch. You need to find someone along with, obviously, Alvin Kamara to be more of that uh, pounded up the middle kind of guy in this offense for me. I've seen way too many times where you're where you're letting Kamara do that, where and that's where he shouldn't be used, and we should be getting more screen passes his way instead. Yeah, so a guy who a free agent to be that is intriguing to me, although he does come with baggage, is Kareem Hunt. I don't know if you want two running backs that punch people right outside of elevators. Oh, hey <laughs> but. <laughs> Like from a skill set perspective, and from like a from a tread on the tires perspective, and uh, you know I don't know what his market's going to be. I think he's an intriguing guy, but yeah, like you should be able to just like you look at the running backs that are drafted, and you're like, why can't we get one of those? You know, why can't we get a Kenny Walker? You know, why can't we get a Brees Hall? These aren't going. These guys aren't going in the first two rounds. These are third and fourth round picks. Actually, I think they were both third round picks. Like, like they're there to be had. You just got to draft them. You know, and I'm not saying they need to start drafting running backs in the first and second round, but, you know, there's talented players to be found, and you just got to use picks on them. Like, that's now, for it. For whatever reason, definitely that position was not stressed at all. It's like, I would much rather you draft a, a dart throw running back in the seventh round than Tommy Stevens, for example. It was an interesting project. Like, oh, yeah, we, we won't draft a running back, but we're going to draft a quarterback that we think can play tight end. I don't even know if Tommy Stevens that doesn't want to be here. That would rather be in Carolina. <laughs> and now yeah. I don't think he's in the NFL. No, I don't think so either. But he got he did get to Carolina. They got him. They got their guy. Yeah. All right. I think that's going to wrap it up for us here on Inside Black and Gold. Thanks for everyone who stuck around. This was fun. I enjoyed doing these mailbags. Hit us up on Twitter at Jeff underscore Nowak and at Steve Geller WWL. Leave a rating, leave a review. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And I'm going to stop complaining about stars. That was a one-time only thing. But if you will leave us a rating and a review, I do appreciate it. Again, if we don't talk about what you think we should talk about, keep in mind that we will eventually. And all you got to do is ask. All right, Steve, any parting words? Yeah, real quick, who you got making the Super Bowl? I'm going to go, I'm going to go Eagles versus Chiefs, even though there's a banged-up Patrick Mahomes. You're going Chiefs. I'm sticking with Joe Burrow, man. I just it's, I understand right. lose big games. And I know I know Pat Mahomes is walking around like like trying to pretend his ankle isn't like blowing up. <laughs> He's so full of it. Like you see him like walking, like it's like wow, he doesn't have a limp. But then it's like you know he gets around the corner and he's like, ah, no. Oh! <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's uh, just man, I, like, I'm, I'm I'm betting the Bengals. I'm I'm picking the Bengals, and then. You know, it's hard, it's hard to pick against Brock Purdy at this point because every time I do, I'm wrong. You know, like I keep saying, oh, I'm going to bet against Brock Purdy because he's a rookie and he's eventually going to look like a rookie. That If it was going to happen, you think it would happen by now. But I do right. think that the Eagles are just too complete of a football team. The two most complete football teams in the NFL are the 49ers and the Eagles. And I do think that if the Eagles avoid turnovers and they don't and they don't make life easier – 
on the 49ers and they do force Brock Purdy to have to beat them, I think they win that game. I think that's that was the big difference between what that Cowboys game could have been and what it was is the 49ers never put any never had any scoreboard pressure. They were able to play from in front and let Brock Purdy do the things he was comfortable doing. Whereas if the Eagles are able to score and make Brock Purdy do things he's not necessarily comfortable doing, they win that game. Um, so I'm picking the I'm picking the Eagles. Yeah, with me for for Philly's got to get to Purdy and stop making him look so darn comfortable. I think I might have texted yeah. you something. It's like he looks ridiculously at ease, and we're like in the depths of the playoffs here, and he's kind of he's kind of playing off Joe Cool NFC style. It's aggravating how easy he's making it all look. Absolutely right. Like all of these teams are just like, oh, we can't find a quarterback. We'll never win if we can't find a quarterback. And then really literally the last 30. pick in the in the seventh round is like, oh yeah, yeah, this is nothing. I, I've been one of those two. I keep waiting for him to come down to earth, kind of deal, and it just it hasn't happened. He keeps putting up the numbers. Yeah, I've lost. I've lost money on him. I've bet against him like multiple times and lost every time. Brock busted. Here we go again. Maybe see, and this is me overreacting. This is why I lose all my bets because I watched the Eagles torch the Giants, and now I'm like, well, the Eagles must be the best team ever because I, I'm a I like the Giants, and they're not that bad. But then now I'm overreacting, thinking the Eagles are the best thing on the planet, and then the 49ers are just gonna win ten. And well, but well, also I'll say this for the Eagles: they did it convincingly after you know they had struggled for a little bit um, after a hot they had a hot start to the season. And then kind of looked like they were waning, but Jalen Hurts and the offense kind of had their way. And it's it's obviously going to be a tough road against that Niners defense, but I, I don't know. I got a feeling we're in for a high scoring game there, too. They shouldn't wane that, in that one. I don't think it's gonna be that defensive struggle. More like low Funko Pop. Yes. I have a I have a Frodo Baggins if you if you want to if you want to take a run at that. It doesn't fit so on make, my shelf or make sense. Do they make them for like every movie character? I think you could find a Funko Pop for literally anything on the planet. They're they're okay. like the they're they're like people treat them like beanie babies beanie babies in terms of like yeah. how they're gonna like gain value. And I'm like, guys, that's never gonna be worth anything. <laughs> it's just a toy. <laughs> <laughs> What if your Funko was signed by Mike Thomas, though? It probably would. Well, I, I've I've always said this. I think it's it's so wild to me that like it would be so crazy to me if I had the ability to make things more valuable by putting my name on them. And uh, I think I do think if if Mike Thomas came and signed it, it would be worth more than it is now. I don't know what that would be. It wouldn't be that much more. You never know in the crazy Funko world, Funko Pop world of collecting. In this Funko world we live in. All right, y'all. That's going to wrap it up. Thanks, everyone, for watching. Who dat? This is Inside Black and Gold. Check us out. We're going to be posting. I think Tuesday, Friday is going to be the schedule from here on out. It just makes more sense. Trying to record a Thursday episode with in the offseason is just, it's just not enough time and not enough news. Uh, so that's what we're going to keep doing. I do like the idea of making this one the live episode, so maybe that's what we'll keep doing. Thanks, everyone, who chimed in. And, uh, again, if you have any questions, comments, hit me up twitter don't hit me up on instagram because i never use it but yeah that's it all right steve say goodbye sean to arizona make it happen <laughs>